Let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, As a real estate uh, agent, uh, you can either be good or you can suck. You can either uh, do a good job or a bad job. But it's impossible to know who is who unless you have something like realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, it looks like values uh, for homes. Yeah, well, you never know. You can never predict it, I guess. But, uh, you know, if you want to take advantage of these great interest rates, if you want to go and purchase a new home or sell yours, you need to have an agent that you can actually trust, uh, one that was designed uh, to make sure that you're not just picking like out of a hat, that you're just looking at a, a, an advertisement on a bench. That's not the way this should work. Realestateagentsitrust.com makes sure it does not work that way. Glenn designed this company. He showed up that day. He didn't show up today, but he showed up that day to design realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's uh, not feeling well, I guess. His back. Ow, ow, my back hurts. I can't come in. One of those deals? It's one of those situations. Ooh, oh, 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 man. My gosh, yeah, look at that. There's no oh, way no. I can't. Do you have any back problems, Pat? <laughs> have you ever had a back issue before? Huh. Um, matter of fact, uh, yeah, I have. And where are you yeah. now? Or are you? I'm, I'm sitting here oh, in okay. this chair mm-hmm. at work, doing my second show of the day. Wow! Already, yeah, yeah. Not saying I'm a better human. Well, yes, I am. Um, all right, we're going to talk about. Uh, we got the border situation going on. Uh, everything's fine at the border, and what isn't fine is, of course, <laughs> Donald Trump's fault and climate change. Uh, we'll get into that. In about 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know what a bank really loves? A nice high percentage on a mortgage. Oh, yeah. They're playing the long game, and they know that over the life of that mortgage, you're going to be giving them way more than the cost of that actual house and the loan itself. It sucks, but it's just the way the business has always worked. Unless, of course, for times like the past year, when everything got thrown into chaos because of the COVID pandemic, Mortgage refinance rates have dipped from the mid fours all the way, in some cases, down into the twos. And fiscally responsible people such as yourself have been taking advantage of that for a while. Uh, It won't last forever, though. If you're a homeowner, give American Financing a call today. There's no hassle, no upfront fees, no pressure, none of that. I can vouch for this because I got a mortgage from American Financing in the twos. This is real. This is the real world thing. This is happening. Their mortgage consultants will do a review of your mortgage and see if there's a way to get you to save hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands, by refinancing and rolling some of your existing debt into it. You won't have to restart your loan either. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, so everything's fine at the border, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it's not a uh, it's not a human rights crisis anymore. Is it? It's just a uh it's like a border challenge. A border challenge. Now, yeah. And now would you is it a literal concentration camp? Would you no, say? Oh no, good golly no. no? These are just uh, these are just uh migrant facilities um that happen to be jam packed to way more than capacity. <laughs> yeah. That's all. I was I, I was looking into some of this today and they're now saying they're at 300% of capacity. Oh, which I've is, got facilities at 729% yeah, of capacity. I think that's the high certain facilities as high yeah. as 729% yeah. capacity, which is <clears throat> there's an important detail to to think about here is that it's 300 or 700% of pre-covid capacity. So Right. Not not social distancing, everyone's six feet apart. None of that's going on at all. They're jam-packing the normal capacity, multiplying it by three, four, five, six, seven, and then jamming them all in there together mm-hmm. to potentially pass COVID to each other and then release them into our society. Now, what's fascinating about this mm-hmm. is this is not a concern, apparently, all of all the th- you can't get together at a school or a church or a concert or a movie theater in so many places, and yet this is somehow acceptable and not a quote unquote literal concentration camp. I love this uh, spin by uh, I think this is ABC News as they're talking about this problem, and they themselves said it was over three hundred percent pre-COVID capacity, so they're acknowledging this issue. And then they go into to talk about what is actually happening with the virus in these facilities. Listen. They're coming across the border. They're not being kept in any way with social distancing rules. We don't know how much COVID they're spreading. Since you've been here, on average, what is the percent positive of the people coming across from Mexico? Let's say from the most, most that I have uh, tested, like around 116. And from those, at least 30 are positive. And that seems to propagate... Whoa. That old, you know, dog whistle of, oh. hey, uh, you know, migrants are bringing uh, disease and other terrible things Wait, across the border. It's a dog uh, whistle? And that's why we need to shut them out. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're jam-packing illegal immigrants into facilities at up to 700 and some odd percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Their own people say that they have a 26% positivity rate. <laughs> And this is reinforcing a dog whistle about migrants bringing <laughs> disease over the border? That old dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that old dog whistle. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We might have migrants bringing disease over the border. Unreal. You just said 26% of them, at least in this group, the one you picked as an example, 26% positivity in co- uh, for COVID. Remember, too, Central America has basically done nothing. When it comes to coronavirus this entire time, mm-hmm. I mean, they just been letting it in many in many aspects run wild in certain places. And we've seen positivity rates in Mexico, the entire country north of 26 percent, up to 50 percent. Sometimes they're not even bothering to test a lot of times in in in, uh, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they've had all sorts of, of issues mm-hmm. down there. And then you're going to open up the border as we are coming to the end of our own covid situation mm-hmm. and let these guys come across the border because i think they felt bad because donald trump was mean i i want i think that's basically the justification for it yeah I, I 
Nancy Pelosi was asked about this. This is uh, amazing what she says, because none of this is her fault. None of this is oh, no. the Democrats' fault. None of it's no. Biden's fault. No. It's all on Donald Trump, and she explains uh, who's to blame here. Let's talk about the situation at the border. We've seen a huge surge in migrants crossing the border right. since January. The number of children mm-hmm. in custody higher than it was at, than its 2019 peak during the Trump administration. Huh. Your colleague, Veronica Escobar of Texas, called the conditions there unacceptable. She oh, was no. there on Friday. Is she right? What more must be done? Uh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't hear oh. who you said. Veronica Escobar. Oh, Veronica Escobar, our colleague uh, from representing uh, uh, El Paso. And yes, it right, is. Thank you. Yeah. The, uh, actually, the facts mm. are these. There are mm. more children, uh, about mm. six, seven hundred more children, mm-hmm. unaccompanied children mm-hmm. coming o- over the border. Okay. Uh, the, uh, mm. This is a humanitarian challenge oh, to all of us. Okay. Uh, what the administration now. has inherited is a broken system at the border, oh, and they are that. working to so correct it's that. Fault. In the children's yeah. interest. I'm so yeah, pleased yeah. that the president, so please, as a temporary on. measure, has mm. sent FEMA to the border in order oh. to help facilitate oh, the children going from one 72-hour mm-hmm. issue into where they are cared for as they are transferred into family homes or homes that are safe for them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, again, is... <laughs> A transition for what was Incredible. wrong before uh, to what is right. Of course, we have to also look to le- uh, Central America and Mexico and the rest. The corruption, the violence, uh, all of that. So, bad. my most recent trip to yeah. the Northern Triangle, that, that would be mm-hmm. Honduras, Guatemala, El just, Salvador. Just you saw the impact sure. of the climate change, mind you. Climate These change. people were oh. leaving because of the drought. Mm-hmm. They couldn't farm. That's when and that they were just seeking started too. Other mm-hmm. ways to survive. Oh, so. so there are many reasons that go into this. Yeah. But the fact is we have to deal with it uh, at huh. the border. And many of the yeah. people, some of the people coming there are seeking asylum. Mm. And uh, yeah. I always like yeah. to quote our friends in the evangelical like movement. At one of our rump hearings we had before we had the majority, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the representative said to us, the United States refugee resettlement mm-hmm. program is the crown jewel of American humanitarianism. <laughs> so we have certain responsibilities. Oh, well, if we somebody said it, it must be we true. I, I don't know who said that, that quote. I can't that. take it anymore. Yeah, please stop her. Uh, I, I don't know who said that quote, but what a brilliant quote it was. Um, that That's the crown jewel. The crown jewel being that we're the only country in the world that... Uh, is allow that allows just anybody who wants to come across our border to come across our border is that the crown jewel of of american policy apparently really? it is apparently just I, I, come on in we won't worry about who you are or what you're doing here we won't ask anything of you we'll just give you whatever you need i think it's important to note the smooth presentation of information there from nancy pelosi i mean that was just a, a brilliant a brilliant <laughs> yeah, it really uh, was just it was a deep dive and if she has the her hand on the facts at all times, uh, <laughs> I'm you know they're calling in Mexico they're calling Biden the migrant president Jeez. because correctly so they are sensing that mm-hmm. there are new incentives about the trip to America, which yeah. is you're being invited and you're offered amnesty. You're offered amnesty. They're going to let you off. You better get here before they pass that thing. Yep. Um, make sure you're, you're you get in uh, beyond uh, the the sort of di- deadlines they're going to set. Because if, if you if you come too late, you know maybe maybe you don't get it. So come right now. And 
of course, this is what people, you know, coyotes are telling the uh, the migrants, but they're doing it accurately. I mean, this is real. There's mm-hmm. a real sense of of change when it comes to the messaging towards Central America and that it's now, hey, come on, it's, it's time. It's party time. Come. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, just come. Come now. We're, they're going to let you in. The, the, the controversy will be about whether you're treated too poorly or not. That will be the controversy. Not whether you're supposed to be here. Just whether the, the, the treatment is good enough. Right. And the treatment is obviously great now that Biden is in control. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's um, at the one facility the in Donna, Texas, there were more than 1,800 people, uh, children, being held at this facility. 729%, as we mentioned of its capacity during the pandemic. The facility opened last month. It's been operating over its pandemic capacity for weeks. Uh, Some of the boys said that conditions were so overcrowded that that they have to take turns sleeping on the floor. (laughs) They all said they wanted to shower more and were told they can't. Um, adding that several minors were only permitted to shower once in seven days. I want to have fact check on that because once teenagers never days. want to shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's come on. Let's be honest about it. One of them shared that he could only see the sun when he showered because you can see the sun through the window. Uh, she said many, many of the children didn't have access to outside activities and were visibly emotionally emotional. They were hysterically crying wanting to talk to their families not being allowed to uh, well this is the thing <clears throat> this is the brilliance and and the the wonderful sweetness of the biden administration which when trump was doing this pat mm-hmm. he had people come across the border and because he was charging the the parents he would have to separate them mm-hmm. uh, because they were being charged this is totally different this the migrants get to be separated from their parents before they cross the border which is much more humane you see, if you just let, mm-hmm. if you just send your kid across a river by themselves, much better than the old Trump way, which is they would come together but then be separated later. Right. This way, they separate before they cross the border. Brilliant. Which is perfectly humane in every way, <laughs> and a great way to grow a family. Yes. This is the way yes. you do right. it. It's unbelievable that they are trying to claim anything other than complete catastrophe here. Well, that's what it is. It's complete catastrophe. And they're all wearing the T-shirts. President Biden, please let us in. Mm -hmm. Who's making those T-shirts for him? Who's footing the bill for all of this stuff? Uh, Who's paying for this? Something uh, is is going on in the background, too, that we should probably be aware of. Because this is a concerted effort to send people specifically up here right now. Um, And I I don't know if, if there's governments behind it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's just the coyotes or uh, wh- what's going on here, but um, it needs to stop. And they need to. They need to be told, like President Trump told them, "You're not going to be allowed in." More coming up in sixty seconds. There's never been a better time to get out of your timeshare than today. Well, I, I, not exactly true. A better time would have been like five minutes after you bought it. Uh, but the point is, until they invent a time machine, you can go back to that point right before you purchase the timeshare and punch yourself in the face. There's no time like the present for getting out of it. This is where timeshare termination team comes in. Uh, if you've been convinced a long time ago that you were never going to get out of that timeshare, uh, it's not true. You can get out of it. Timeshare termination team has 100% money back guarantee, and they'll give you a legal 
exit. Call Timeshare Termination Team today to get the process started. Don't keep putting it off and get stuck with another year of a timeshare you won't use. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. Uh, so be sure to tell them that Glenn Beck and the Glenn Beck program sent you. Uh, 1-888-GET-YOU-OUT. That's 1-888-438-8688. Or visit them online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Have peace of mind with Timeshare Termination Team's 100% money back exit guarantee. Learn more online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Dot com. 10 seconds, station ID. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program today. Uh, it's pretty amazing that the this administration gets away with this. Um, the exact same thing that happened under Trump with the, with the children and the separation from their families... And putting them into facilities, uh, the exact situation from then is happening now. It's essentially the same thing. And this time, they're just calling it something different. And so, <laughs> it's perfectly fine for this administration to do this. How can they possibly get away with this with the media? And mostly the media is complicit and being okay with it. There are some who are... Who are starting to realize, wow, this is like uh, this is very similar to what was happening before, and maybe it really is a difficult situation to deal with, and and maybe uh, President Trump was trying to deal with it in the best way possible, and um, maybe we treated him unfairly at that time. I don't know if anybody's if that's actually occurred to anybody. But I think that they're starting to see the hypocrisy here, at least. Uh, it definitely has not occurred to anybody. That, that is not. A no. good, but I do think that, that, that that's the truth. That's the real problem area. It's not necessarily to say that, like, it, Biden should have been nailing this perfectly from the beginning. It is mm-hmm. a difficult situation it's to deal with. Really difficult. The criticism fairly to Biden can be in the change of incentives here, which is inviting yeah. this sort of behavior. On right. the other hand, I mean, what was inviting the behavior with Trump? It was that they were afraid he was going to crack down even more. So they wanted to get in before the deadline. This mm-hmm. is a whole other situation. They want to get in because they think they're getting free stuff and a free pass. But the issue was how they treated Trump. And that was ridiculous. That was really the problem here. I mean, the, the way they're treating Biden now, you could argue is, OK, well, they're recognizing it's a ser- it's a difficult situation and they're applying, uh, you know, they're giving some note to the crisis, mm-hmm. but not treating him like their literal concentration camps. That's right. probably how they should have been doing it the whole time. They just yes. changed the standard completely for Donald Trump and now want to act as if they never did it. Well, Donald Trump to them was Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. personified. Uh, Joe Biden is just a guy who's dealing with a humanitarian challenge. Challenge. That's all. It's just I mean, a how challenge. How bad is Pelosi? <sighs> a humanitarian challenge. challenge. And it's, yeah, it's not even a crisis. It's just a challenge. No. Them. The media is calling it a crisis. And it, and it is. It, it absolutely it is. is. The problem is it's a crisis Joe Biden created. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's never been a crisis before. There's been a crisis. Every single president, I think, as far as I can remember in my life, has dealt with some sort of border crisis. They haven't always been exactly the same brand or style. But they have been facing every single president in my lifetime that I can remember. There's always been an issue here, which of course is why we've been arguing for decades that you need to take care of the problem in a real way once and for all. 
Yeah. You can't just de- decide, well, we're going to expand the migrant facilities on the border and expect this to take care of the problem. Uh, you're not addressing it at all. I think the somewhat new aspect to this is the unaccompanied children. Yeah. Years past, uh, there weren't a lot of kids showing up that weren't accompanied by adults. Now, there are. There's a bunch of teenagers and even preteens that are showing up at the border by themselves. Either they've been led there by uh, coyotes, um, by human smugglers, or their parents have uh, been stopped somewhere along the way and they said for the kids to keep going. Yeah. And so what, what the Biden administ- administration is realizing now is it's tough to reunite them with the parents when you don't know where they are. Right. And you, you don't know who they are. It's it's, it's hard to you what are you going to do? Just release them back into Mexico with no, you know, authority figure? No. Right? Like that's difficult to do as well. Yeah. And of course, this is a strategy, right? As you point out, Pat, overwhelmingly we're talking about teenagers here. When we say mm-hmm. they everyone's like oh children get separated. Yeah, it sounds yes, like there's there are 5 some. and 6 year olds there. There are a few of those. Very very but mostly infrequent. it's teenagers. It's mostly 15 year olds like mid teenage type years. And yes, I understand that they're under the legal age uh, when it comes to 18 and they can't vote until they get- until they get 18 or Nancy Pelosi lets them. <laughs> but it is a situation where they are they are in a in a world uh, in the United States, where you know, what are you going to do? What are they? What are you going to do? They're going to put them in these facilities uh, with like HHS, and they're going to hang around there for a while. And then eventually, probably somebody who's already here in the family comes and claims them, mm-hmm. and they wind up coming into our into our country with their twenty six percent positivity rate for COVID. And you Fun. have to, yeah. And aside from all the disease aspects of this during a pandemic, you you have to make sure. Uh, that the person that you're releasing them to is somebody who's not nefarious, who's somebody who doesn't have uh, bad motives. And, and that's really tough. It could be sex tra- traffickers. Uh, they, they could be just about anybody. You don't know. So they have to be really careful about who they release them to. None of that was taken into <laughs> consideration during the Trump administration. Nope. Zero. Triple eight. 727-BECK. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. So let's face it, you know, mowing your lawn, kind of a pain in the butt. Even if you've got a riding lawnmower, you're just out there in the heat for what seems like hours, just driving around in increasingly smaller circles until you get to the end. And then you've got to, you know, do the all the other corners and the, that your mower can't reach. And by the time you're done, you're just sort of dragging yourself into the house. You're going to lie down and, and pray that death takes you before the next time you have to mow. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. Hustler Turf has been making zero-turn industrial lawnmowers for decades, and now they're making them for you. These things are awesome. They're fast, they're super maneuverable, and they're going to cut your mowing time in half. Uh, zero hustlers, uh, turf, zero turn mowers are incredible. They can, they make you enjoy mowing the lawn again, stack them up against the competition. You're going to find they're simply, uh, much, much, much better before you buy some other mower. Do me a favor, find a hustler dealer, go test drive one hustlerturf.com. I hated mowing lawns back in the day. And now with Hustler Turf, it makes it an enjoyable outdoor experience. It's actually fun. HustlerTurf.com, the best in the business. HustlerTurf.com.
Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday, 7 to 9 Eastern Time, or anywhere you get your podcast, any time of the day. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's got some back issues today. Hopefully be back tomorrow. Uh, 888-727-BECK. So a year later, looking at some of the inaccurate predictions about what would happen during the COVID pandemic. You know, it's hard to believe that every prediction wasn't exactly accurate, but apparently they weren't all accurate. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The 2.2 million deaths... Uh, hasn't turned out to be accurate, <laughs> for one thing. That's true. Although the 2.2, to be fair, the 2.2 million deaths was if we did nothing. Yes. Which is okay. a literally impossible situation. It's like, yeah. at some point, someone's going... When there's 2.15 million people dead, <laughs> someone's <laughs> staying home from work. So there is really no world in which that... It was a, it's a pointless prediction. But yes, that did yes. not come close to coming true. Uh, but um, some of the predictions, like... Andrew Cuomo, who I think uh, you've heard of him. I have you not. Still? Well, I've heard um, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. I've heard that. You have heard I, that. That's the main thing I've okay. heard. Yes, uh, about him. Apparently, uh, based on some epidemiological epidemiological curve at the time, he said in forty five days the state could have up to a hundred ten thousand beds that people need. <laughs> Compared to our current capacity of 53,000. He also said 37,000 ICU units would be necessary and ventilators. uh, And they only had 3,000 ventilators at the time. So what really did happen? Well, the hospitalizations in the state didn't quite reach 110,000. They were at 19,000. Just under 19,000. Not 119,000. Not 119,000. Somewhat less than 110. I don't think there is a bigger area in which these predictions missed. And Cuomo was probably the most guilty of this. But oh, it, we, so bad. These were widespread. When it comes to hospitalizations and ventilations, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were way, way off. A big portion it, of that, the problem was the CDC, who was giving these recommendations as to how many you know hospital beds and ventilators and all these other things and that would ICU be associated units. yeah that would be associated with each death then they were just so wrong on it now the death numbers their predictions weren't nearly as bad i mean some of them the 2.2 million as you mentioned was you know kind of that but in that in that same in that same uh that same that was from the london one right the imperial college of london yes. I, I believe it was 2.2 million it was. And they said mm-hmm. the numbers, you know, if we did mitigation efforts could be, you know, over a quarter of a million, which obviously, you know, that turned out to be true. There's a guy in the New York Times they, they highlighted that made it was in March and he said 480,000 deaths, but that could be conservative. And we're at what, oh. 560 or something now? Somewhere Some, in there, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Some it slowed way down, though, fortunately. Yeah, thank God. I mean, the, we're now yeah. down to, we, from where it was, we're down back to our summer peak numbers. And it's, you know, coming way down. Remember, deaths mm-hmm. lag a, f- a few weeks from, from actual cases. So that, right. that number's not going to continue to come down over the next few weeks. So the of the 37,000 ICU units uh, Cuomo said they'd need, they, they actually had 5,225. <laughs> 13% of the forecast. 
Same thing was no, happening. And remember, this is his justification right. for the nursing home situation. Yes, exactly. Oh, we're going to get so many people that come into the ICUs. We're going to have to clear those out. we got to send these people back to the, to the nursing homes and everything will be fine. Yeah. And remember the big hospital ship he demanded that Trump move into uh, the New York Harbor, which... Uh, the president accommodated mm-hmm. at the time. They moved that giant hospital ship, which I think had six. Was it six thousand? Sounds about right. Beds yeah, available. It was, it was thousands. Yeah. They used five. It's five thousand. Five uh, wait, people. Just five thousand. No, five. Just five hundred. Five point zero. Five people. Five decimal. Never point used the zero? hospital ship. No, no. five. Just five people. One, two, three, three four, four, five. five. Which one? People. Which one five. was the best use, though, of those five? Can you point to? What, and we should again. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't mean to hammer Andrew Cuomo because I'm not mm-hmm. the type of person. No, you're not. Who, to make something <laughs> no. out of that, you would no. never make a mountain out of a molehill. No, and this is we know that. This is I'm making a mountain out of a mountain. Here. Yeah, this is <laughs> yes. this is what I'm doing. But a Brooklyn nursing home, <clears throat> which had you know lots of death. Mm-hmm. wrote to and, and and specifically requested and said, hey, we've got these people coming back from hospitals. They still have COVID. I know your directive says we have to take them, but hey, mm-hmm. do you mind? Can we send them over to the completely empty ship, which is like a few miles away? And why would you say no to that? Right. And Isn't they did. Isn't that what it was for? They rejected it. They rejected it. And so these people went back I, to I into, into the nursing home. It doesn't make any sense to me, And killed though. people in the nursing home. Do we know? I mean, is there... Is there a thought or have they explained that at all? Because I've never heard the explanation if there is one. That no, uh-uh, we want them at the nursing home infecting older people. That's they, what we want. Their, their, their stated ec- uh, explanation is that they were expecting this wave of people to show up and they wanted to have room for them when they did. I mean, again, it's a terrible wow. justification because this was playing out all over the country. Uh, <laughs> at, at the time, we had seen that these <laughs> numbers were a little lower. And I can understand if you have a wave, you have to come up with another another way to deal with it. Now, mm-hmm. I, it does not justify sending them back to the nursing homes with the most vulnerable people. Not at all. Facilities that wrote to Cuomo and said specifically, we do not have the ability to treat these patients. We do not have the ability to separate them. Many of these nursing homes do not have private rooms so they're mm. sending them back into rooms with other people that weren't infected my gosh and think of how bad this is not to mention you had all of the uh, the issues with uh you know they didn't have the appropriate ppe they're not a facility that's 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 designed to deal with a pandemic that's not, not what they do right it's, it's not, not a hospital. a hospital so like if you could say theoretically right if this wave of new patients came in and they felt like these people were on the the right end of covid those still uh, still contagious, maybe, you know, you had, they had to get them out of there. If they had waited for that and pushed them back to the nursing homes, you could at least say, okay, well, they got overwhelmed and they had nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. Now, my, certainly a person who writes a freaking book about leadership wouldn't use that excuse, <laughs> right? Someone who's in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic writing a freaking book about leadership in the time of a pandemic wouldn't say oh we're overwhelmed what are we going to do and how well he handled the whole thing yeah and that's that was the book the book yeah and and again you know this is he was (laughs) wow he was correct in that he was a leader he was a leader in these these policies that killed thousands of seniors Mm -hmm. he did lead in that way he was 
He was uniquely bad in the United States of America for a governor. But you could at least justify the policy if he waited until the wave came. He preemptively emptied the, emptied the beds and put them back into nursing homes. And, uh, you know, the death toll is, is gigantic, including rejecting totally reasonable requests from nursing homes to say, hey, we've been reading about these this giant ship. Hey, you know the Javits Center? that you prepared for COVID patients. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no one in it. What do you say? Maybe we put uh, the patients there instead of the, around the ones here that aren't contagious. No reason not to. No reason not to. I mean, and yet they just didn't. They wouldn't do it. it. And we should point to, out on this book. Number one, they had a report that came in about these nursing home deaths. And they, we now know that his top aides went in there and edited the actual number of nursing home deaths out of the report. That is not a question anymore. Wow. That is known wow. that they went in there and edited it out, obviously for politics. That edit happened four days before his first public comments about his book. Four days. Mm. So it's incredibly clear to me, Pat, that this is what was going on. That he was, uh, he knew this book thing was coming. He knew he wanted to cash in and make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so he lied and and edited this report so that we wouldn't know how bad of a job he did. And in addition to that, we should note on the book, I saw a stat the other day that he had sold, uh, I looked at this, I, I had to read it like two or three times because the first time I'm like, did he really only sell 400 books in a week? I was like, that's what it was. I think it was this one. I looked at it. I was like, wow, 400 books. That's it in an entire week. And then I reread the sentence and no, it was 400 books in an entire month. Plus it was like a, a, a month and a week. Gotta be kidding. It was me. like, you know, uh, wow. 400. I mean, selling wow. nationwide, like Jeez. five or 10 books a day is the pace. <laughs> That is a breakneck pace right yes, there. Really, right there. Think of That's that. Crazy. Uh, you know, so oh he. Gosh. The book has been. You know, it had this a big launch at the beginning, <sighs> and I think it sold something like forty-five thousand copies uh, since since the beginning. Altogether. Remember, this is when he was in the yeah. a huge praise uh, period of his governorship, and mm. he got a seven-figure. They say low to mid seven-figure bonus on this. There's no way he's going to earn that out. I mean, this is oh, another no miserable failure. These <laughs> book companies keep complaining about people not buying books. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. I give out seven-figure advances to these dolts yeah. that yeah. can't that cannot do anything as far as sales. Uh, strangely, though, on the uh, Cuomo front, there's somebody who actually noticed a little something uh, about the uh, Cuomo brothers, both uh, of the awful Cuomo brothers, Chris and uh, Andrew. Eric Wemple of the Washington Post was on CNN over the weekend. And he actually commented on CNN's uh, love-a-thon between the two of them. Listen, watch this. But I would be remiss, Brian, if I didn't mention CNN's own huge media story here with Chris Cuomo, uh, the anchor at the nine o'clock hour, who covered Andrew Cuomo and had all these wonderful love-a-thon interviews with him, more than 10 of them. <laughs> And they suspended the conflict of interest rule for Chris Cuomo for those interviews. Yet all of a sudden they've enforced it again now that Andrew Cuomo is in the midst of an historic scandal in the Albany State House. So I think that that is a major black eye for CNN. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you for noticing. 
that's, I mean, one of those rare instances of some journalistic integrity where he's actually calling out CNN on CNN. Uh, you never see that. What, did Brian Stelter respond to that? Do you know? I, you know, I, I, I didn't hear the I, response. I didn't either. I, I, I'm curious. They cut it right there. Because it is one of those things that is so obvious. It's mm-hmm. such it's such a blatant disregard for any journalistic uh, integrity. Uh, they, they this, had, yeah, the CNN, th- the Lovathons he talked about. Yeah. Did over 10 of those interviews. Over 10 of them. Ten First of, of all, they were always, always from the beginning, horrible. There was oh, never anything was endearing about them. They were always horrible. Embarrassing. But they had a six-year ban in place for Chris Cuomo to interview Andrew Cuomo. Six years. And they withdrew the ban during the most important story of all of our lifetimes. Wow. And then they're like, well, you know, arguably. Uh, certainly in CNN's lifetime. Yeah. And then they, they take it off when Cuomo... It's not about even the the sexual harassment stuff, which he deserves questions on. But like, it's also the same story. It's the nursing home thing. It was happening mm-hmm. at the time they were doing the interviews. Yeah. And in, and now they're like, oh well, now we've reinstituted the ban. And none of these, I have not heard extensive coverage uh, about Cuomo and the disregard of that of of those standards. They have talked about Cuomo and his nursing home thing. They've talked about the CNN as a network has talked about. Um, uh, the the sexual harassment stuff they've talked about it but they have not put that side by side with how they dealt were dealing with the coverage at the time which is the important part when it comes to cnn mm-hmm. you threw journalism completely out of the window because you thought the cuomo brothers were funny together and because you wanted to give andrew cuomo a pass which he received for eight months and now, finally, uh, the other, you know, other media sources, largely more like the New York Times, and certainly the New York Post has been on this the whole time. But the Times and the Times Union and, and some of these other papers have finally started to pick up on this stuff recently. But, I mean, they gave him a complete pass. Yeah. You, you, I'm glad somebody called them out. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. So, uh, if you are the type of person who has Apple earpods uh, or some of these other headphones that kind of stick in your ear, they hang out or they fall out a lot of the times, they have the little like, I don't know, it looks like you're wearing earrings because they kind of come down below your ear. You're going to love Raycons. Um, Why would you want to do that? Why would you want those? If you've never tried Raycon, that's probably the reason. Because if you try Raycon, you're not going to go back. Uh, Raycon is, first of all, a lot less expensive than like apple earbuds and they're so much more comfortable they don't fall out of your ears even when you're lying down like you can go to it's like if you want to like listen to a book as you're falling asleep you you don't you know you can't do that with with the apple ones you have to these fit flat on your ear so you could just lay down and it's it's nice and easy right now for a limited time they're on sale along with all of raycon's other products might be time to get uh, one pair maybe two uh, because you know the kids are going to obviously steal them which happens all the time you need to check these things out raycon's uh, offering 15 percent off all of their products right now and you just got to go to buyraycon.com slash back b-u-y-r-a-y-c-o-n uh, buyraycon.com slash Beck. 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Beck. Some more great news on the COVID front. Uh, they are now saying that social distancing doesn't need to be six feet. 
Do you see this? Yeah, you read about this? You see this in the paper today? Kevin, you How many you, feet you, shall it be? Three. Three, three just feet. three feet sufficient. Say so, no, I think there's no difference between six feet and three feet. No difference. No difference. Because I think I, I remember hearing that Europe was using three feet at the beginning. Really? Yeah, they were And they, then they were probably warned off of that and now it's back to they're that. back to six feet. Now, now they're back, back to three. Three. So. I, I will say this. There's a lot of things I want to get rid of from all this COVID year. Mm. I really don't need to, to speak that closely to other people. <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I know. I know. It's like everyone's like, oh, true. I want to get rid of this social distance. Like, I, what, I didn't we make it. fun of the close talker mm. thing when Seinfeld was on? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm fine yes. moving back and co- talking to people a little distance. Yeah. It doesn't need to be I never see another human being again, but I wouldn't mind standing a little bit away from everybody. I went to a wedding reception <laughs> this weekend. At somebody's house, where you you did what? I went to a, a wedding reception. You yeah, bastard. yeah, you bastard. Not one single person was wearing a mask. Oh my gosh! And this no one was socially distanced. How dare so, you? It seemed pretty normal. Like everybody was just. I get to, normal. The thing has been, you know, this the the idea of lockdowns has like maintained. It's not been like that in a lot of southern states for a very long time. Joe Biden's yeah. like. By November 2027, <laughs> yeah, you like, might be able to see your children again. <laughs> no, like, we're, wait, I we're don't. already doing that. And, uh, in fact, we're just making out with strangers on the street right now. I don't know where you guys are, but that's that's where we are. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, how many times a day do you scroll through your Facebook uh, for at least 10 solid minutes? If you are being honest, probably not zero, probably several, and that's fine. Uh, No judgment, of course. Uh, Everything's fine in our society. But American financing would probably be a better call for you to make. Uh, Let's say you're paying uh, 4% or more on your mortgage. You can go to American financing and beat that probably. I know I did. I have a mortgage uh, in the twos, 2%. Why? Uh, Because American Financing knows how to get you the best deal possible. Plain and simple, if you're a homeowner, just uh, just the best thing you can do right now is to make sure that your uh, interest rate is in the right place before they start rising. You've seen the printing of money that's been going on. There's real danger here. Go to American Financing. Americanfinancing.net is the place to go. 800-906-2440. program he's uh, got a bad back today uh, hopefully be returning tomorrow meantime uh looks like chris harrison won't be coming back to the bachelor at least not this year uh, the bachelorette i think is is are they coming up on another season and he's not going to be part of it get into that a little bit tell you about that coming up in 60 seconds the glenn beck program Unlike you, who is probably, if you're like me at all, I mean, you're probably the healthiest person. You know everything about uh, nutrition. Uh, you, you are basically running at 100% full optimization as a human being. Uh, you know the difference between a healthy and unhealthy food, but your dog doesn't. His body, though, does. 
your dog needs healthy food. When you're feeding him dry kibble food, for instance, his body is telling him that everything he's eating is just dead because kibble food is to be sterilized for a long shelf life. The, the dog's body knows that it's missing out on key things that it needs, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the same stuff you need uh, to be healthier and happier as a human being, and you need as a dog too. And in a lot of cases, this is how it was uh, with, uh, I have uh, my dog, I have two dogs, Piper and Miles, and Miles is like 115 years old. Uh, he was born in the 1800s, uh, so I guess he's even older than that now. Uh, you really need to uh, give your dog uh, the best uh, that your dog deserves. A guy named uh, Dr. Dennis Black decided to take this problem on. He created a product called Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on top of the dog food, uh, and your dog will freaking love it. Uh, Miles loved it from moment one, and uh, and now he moves around like he's only like 85 years old. It's incredible, the progress that gets made. Uh, you can get a free bag of Rough Greens right now for your dog to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash back roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. It's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call today, roughgreens.com slash back. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, this Chris Harrison situation um, is amazing to me. It's a, I, I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and he's the host of it and has been since the late 30s, I think. Yeah. If you're, are you like me? You, you won't watch because you're uncomfortable with the gendering uh, of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Um, uh, you don't like the fact that they are like, these gender roles are traditional, and I don't like that. I don't like that they name That's exactly what gender- why okay. I don't watch. I will not watch a show I, that does yeah. that. I won't. Um, just the fact that they're named Bachelor or Bachelorette. That makes me uncomfortable. Is offensive to mm-hmm. me. It's offensive. Why can't a bachelor be a bachelorette? Uh, thank you. Thank That's you. what I've said mm-hmm. all along. All along. Since the 30s. And yes. You've had that. You had mm-hmm. a, I don't like the bachelor because they call them the bachelor and I don't like the bachelorette because they call them the bachelorette mm-hmm. bumper sticker on your Model T so, yeah. uh, back in the, 19- it was early, the early 1900s. Early 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 70 years before The Bachelor even began. <laughs> you were on this one. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Chris Harrison uh, is uh, so apologetic over his role in uh, this unbelievable scandal that took place. Now, w- I guess it was a bachelorette, right, that went to a... This is somebody who is on the show. Mm-hmm, a contestant. One of the contestants for the affection of a bachelor. Is that what it was? I believe so. Or was she the bachelorette? Anyway, she went to an antebellum party. In 2018. uh, Which is, you dress up like a southern belle. Right. And now, I did not know these things were a thing. I didn't know in 2018. I didn't know in 2021. But apparently, Mm -hmm. they were a a trendy thing to do a few years ago. And And now it's the worst thing you can possibly do. Right. So, now, like, basically, like, burning a cross on your front lawn. Like, it's basically an equivalent. Now, I didn't know. You dress up in a southern belle outfit. Mm -hmm. You have essentially endorsed... um, you, uh, the clan, you're, you're the a clansman. Clan. Yes, it, it, that is what is happening. Yes, and you know, to the point of now, we are at the idea that one of the biggest country bands in the world, Lady Antebellum, is not like Lady A. <laughs> he couldn't even come up with another good word. It's like, what if we just abbreviate the old word? 
<laughs> Nobody will know what we're talking no. about. Or Lady A. And then <laughs> they found out they had actually taken that name from another artist who then sued them. Uh, but the whole point is it's completely ridiculous. This is a totally new standard. It was not in effect at the time she was at this party. No one was saying, you know, like it was not a it was not right. a controversial thing at the time. And he defended he so he kind of defended her. He said, come on, it's he, like the woke police. He did. Uh, yeah. The, Although, going after her on this. He didn't really defend her. What he said basically was, look, she deserves a little grace. Mm-hmm. We haven't even heard from her yet on this. And uh, I would like to at least hear what she has to say. I don't know what she has to say. I don't know the story of this, but I think we're looking at this with 2021 eyeballs instead of 20, 2018 uh, eyeballs. And, you know, that could be different. And that was the worst thing you could possibly say, Yeah, I guess, at now, the time. And give a little grace is not exactly uh, an unknown standard. There's been some books written about it long ago that mentioned maybe having <laughs> really? grace for others is a good thing to do. Yeah, it's a long huh. book, too. Huh. I'm surprised. You know, it was a bestseller, though. It was a best-selling uh, book, and you should go back and really? maybe read some of it. Yeah, it was, it, it's it's fantastic. Hmm. Uh, lots of really interesting stories. There's floods. There's it's all it's crazy. <laughs> um, but this, I, and I have to say, because this the, the the Dr. Seuss thing went on you know, last week and the week before, right? Where mm-hmm. the Dr. Seuss books go go away. Even Glenn, we, we said this on the air. Glenn went, you know, said something about the Dr. Seuss thing and how it's like we're going down this road of fascism, you know, and people like John Oliver piled on him and said how dumb he was, as they always tend to do. And as we noted on the air, by the way, um, Dr. Seuss is not the best example of cancel culture. Their family, right, were the ones that stopped printing these books. What we were commenting on is how now everyone follows suit and is now pulling the the old books off of sites like eBay and Amazon. And we thought that that was problematic, among Mm -hmm. other things. But like, it's not the best example of cancel culture. There wasn't a widespread outrage about about Dr. Seuss and these drawings. It wasn't like a movement. There wasn't a Twitter campaign. And they did it on their own. And they should not be forced to print books. Like, There's no... No conservative would say, yes, we should force them to print the books they don't want to force as a company. It would be a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. However, the Chris Harrison thing might be the single best example of cancel culture that I can think of. This is a guy mm-hmm. who didn't do the thing in question. He was not even defending the person who was in trouble for doing the thing that was not a problem when it was done. Only retroactively is it a problem. And in addition to that, all he said was, we should hear what she has to say about this. And uh, also, uh, we should, you know, offer her a little grace on a mistake she made, made, may have made, by the way, as a college student in a sorority. Right. Here's the quote. A little grace, a little understanding, a little compassion. Then he said, <laughs> come on, how is that a problem? Then he said, it's unbelievably alarming that people were just tele- tearing this girl's life apart. Is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? Because there's a big difference. Well, I guess you can't say that. But even she kind of went at him after that. I know. And this is why I can't stand her. Uh, this is I, terrible. And also, by the way, I should point out, I ended this not being able to stand him either. Because they yeah, both came stupid. up with these ridiculous, over-the-top apologies right. for this nonsense. And she was even worse because she, yeah. this is a guy she who attacks ruined him. his career Who's, to defend yeah, her. Exactly. And she's come out and jumps on the, 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 the cancel culture bandwagon. Saying it's not a good look ever. 
Because she's celebrating the Old South, she responded. About herself. About herself. If I went to that party, what would I represent at that party? Well, I don't, I don't know. Then why'd you go to the party? Yes. I mean, are you, are you okay. really If you knew it was a racist thing to do then, really and racist. that's what you're telling me now, then what, why did you go? And, and she gets the pass here. Somehow she's yes. the good one. Yes. She did the thing. And he loses his job. And he loses his job. Now, his apology was so irritating. I wound up turning on all of them after reading it. He, write, he goes, to my Bachelor Nation family, I will always own a mistake when I make one. So I am here to extend a sincere apology. I have this incredible platform to speak about love. And yesterday, I took a stance on topics which I should have been better informed. While I do not speak for Rachel wow. Kirkconnell, my intentions were simply to ask for grace and offering her an opportunity to speak on her own behalf. What I now realize is I have done <laughs> harm and caused harm mm-hmm. by wrongly speaking in a manner that perpetrates racism what the hell are you talking no, about when you're asking for grace you're not perpetrating no, racism no you're not i'm sorry no and for that i am so no. deeply sorry i also Stupid. apologize to my friend rachel Lindsay. i guess i was interviewing him for not listening to her better on a topic she has first stand on uh, first hand understanding of really was she a victim of an antebellum party as well is that is that what happened uh and uh, mm. and humbly thank the members of bachelor nation who have reached out to me to hold me accountable i promise to do better now look the guy's trying to defend his multi-million dollar job that's it there's no way a human Mm -hmm. being actually feels this way about the situation none of them none of the people accusing them of this care and think it's done harm to anyone no one asking for grace for a a sorority girl at a party who's on the bachelorette from three years from three years ago is not of an action that harms someone That is not what it does. No one, zero people on earth were harmed by his statement. None of them were. They could act like they're harmed. Nor was anybody harmed harmed because she dressed up as a Southern Belle. In fact, no one even knew about it. Stop it. it. No one even knew about it. Stop it. People like people are like, well, we've exposed them, and now that's and, and and then she has to apologize for the harm. Well, if no one knew the party existed, who's causing the harm? <laughs> right. The people exposing her are calling the causing the harm. But of course, the truth is, no harm happened. It's a total lie in every way. So we mm-hmm. can all get rage clicks. I guess we're supposed to post this stuff and ruin both of these people's lives for no freaking reason. I mean, it may be the single best example. I think it is. He's talking about biblical principles of forgiveness yeah. and grace yeah, and applying them to an idiotic, moronic bachelor contestant who probably has the IQ of a pear. <laughs> the fruit. And there just is no redemption anymore. There's just no, there's absolutely zero forgiveness and no redemption. You can't even consider it anymore. I, and these guys really, neither one of them did anything wrong, as far as I can tell. <laughs> one dressed up in his Southern Belle outfit from eight, the 1800s. The other but said, the, yeah, maybe that's not a big deal. Again, when I dress up as a vampire, I am mm. not advocating the sucking of blood from necks of victims. That is not what you do when you dress up in a costume. No one who dresses up as Freddy Krueger is advocating entering people's dreams to carve them up with razor fingers. That's not what you're doing. You are not advocating the belief Mm -hmm. of the costume that you are wearing. This is complete insanity. And we just, it just rolls on. Yeah. And we get these things like, because they can find Dr. Seuss, 
which is still disturbing but not perfect example of cancel culture they're all do speeches about that one they'll all say oh cancel culture doesn't even exist look at this dr seuss the family canceled the books well what about this one this guy's not as far as i know not a conservative you you're free to not hate him mm-hmm. he's just being destroyed for no reason no reason just just this weird cancel culture bloodlust for no reason at all. There's no reason to believe he has any of these any racist feelings. There's no reason to believe he's even for low taxes. You are free to like him. <laughs> and yet here it is. We've got to destroy the guy anyway. It's incredible. Incredible. Until this year. I I mean, well, maybe last year. I'd never seen anything like it. And now we see it all the time. All the time. We see it every every stinking week. Yeah, yeah. I did this thing last year on uh, Stu Does America, my show on Blaze TV which uh, was called the cancel culture Olympics. And I was like, oh, we should do one of these like once a year, maybe, or maybe even twice a year. I could do it yeah, every I'll, single day. Yeah, for sure. For, with, with all these new people. It, it happens every day. 888-727-BECK. More patents due for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. So what are you spending on your cell phone bill every month? Is it more than you'd like it to be? More importantly, uh, do you know where that cell phone is sending your cash? What are they doing with the money you give them every month? These aren't the most fun questions to ask yourself, but you should ask them. Why are you paying, you know, someone like Verizon who's sending some of your hard-earned money to fund things like Planned Parenthood when you could be getting the exact same service on the exact same towers through a company that is going to charge you a lot less and doesn't donate money to like leftist causes, Planned Parenthood, uh, Open Border Society, all of these things you don't want. That company is, of course, Patriot Mobile. Uh, Patriot Mobile does it the right way. They don't donate to those causes. Uh, Switching is easy. They have customizable plans. They've actually uh, done a lot to donate to conservative causes as well. The choice is clear. This month, you can get uh, free premiere activation where they set up the phone for you, get you a special gift with the offer code BECK. The same service, lower price, and the values you believe in. Go to patriotmobile.com slash BECK, patriotmobile.com slash BECK, or call them 972-PATRIOT. 10 seconds. Station ID. Uh, This is a fascinating story. An illegal alien who's charged with murdering four Americans is uh, looking to evade the death penalty by classifying himself as intellectually disabled. That should be fascinating to watch. Uh, Wilbur Ernesto Martinez Guzman, 20-year-old illegal alien from El Salvador, was charged with murdering 56-year-old Connie Coons, 74-year-old Sophia Rankin, 81-year-old Gerald David, and his 80-year-old wife Sharon in January 2019 when prosecutors said he was attempting to steal money from his victims to buy more meth. That's a fun guy. Uh, Now his attorneys seek to classify him intellectually disabled so he can evade the death penalty attorneys have appealed their case to nevada supreme court claiming that they need more time to gather evidence that their client is in fact intellectually disabled nevada supreme court wants to hear more directly from the lawyers on both sides uh on how much more time public defenders should have to try to prove he's intellectually disabled and can't be executed if convicted of these killings deputy defender john reese petty 
said in their most recent Supreme Court filings, the motion hasn't been filed yet because they've been unable to gather necessary evidence in Guzman's native El Salvador due largely to COVID-19 travel restrictions. But I guess there's a lot of evidence in El Salvador that the guy's intellectually disabled. Uh, A clinical psychologist concluded in an evaluation that's been sealed in district court that uh, Martinez Guzman's general intellectual and cognitive test scores fell well below the levels needed to satisfy key elements of Nevada's execution exemption. Hmm. Um, Previously, a Nevada judge said his attorneys had until April 20th to prove he's intellectually disabled. They claim they need more time to travel to El Salvador and gather evidence to prove their case. I wonder how you prove that someone is intellectually disabled. Uh, We have some prominent people in this country that I think might be intellectually disabled. And um, that doesn't seem to bother anybody. So, Hmm. yeah, I I, the thing that screams to me in the story is to just open up the borders immediately. Uh, I think if you just open up the borders, let everyone who wants to come in and come in, maybe build slides to make it easier. You know, if, if you were to make like a giant escalator to uh-huh. a big fun slide so that people could slide right across from the Mexican side of the border into the American side of the border and then maybe give them immediate voting rights as they get off the slide. I think that would work out really well. And that's what I'm pushing for. As they slide from Mexico mm-hmm. into the United States, as soon as they cross the border, there's like a uh, scanning machine that just scans them into the voting system. Yes. So that they're immediately voters. And I think like, I like I'm not saying that they, good. if they want to, they can change their vote. But I think we should just give them a default Democratic vote. You know, if just they mm-hmm. should start there because those are the people fighting for freedom. Those are the people <laughs> fighting for these wonderful policies. So give them an automatic Democratic vote. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they want to come in, they can opt out of that vote for potentially a Republican or maybe an independent. And the slide should also slide them all the way to San Francisco. Uh, I feel like <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, right past Texas, mm-hmm. uh, over the um, adjoining states, mm-hmm. all the way to San Francisco. I think that's... Well, and just leaves them there. It's funny that these cities don't seem to want that. No, it is. They funny, want the isn't borders it? open, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily want the people crossing them to <laughs> arrive in their city. No, they do not. It's strange. And they say, you know what they say, Pat? They say, well, we couldn't afford it. Well, wait a minute. Hmm. I thought they were adding so much to our economy. Right. I thought they helped our economy. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, you they're can't a afford boon it. to our economy. Huh. I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to afford it. <laughs> Very strange. It is a very strange thing. It's almost as if there's uh, some intellectual uh, limitations there. Almost. Mm -hmm. Almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of intellectual limitations, uh, Meghan Markle is uh, considering (laughs) apparently running for president, um, which I don't think would go really well. uh, But this this feels like... (laughs) As you were saying earlier today, it, it feels like this is going to happen. It does, it does it just feel feels like, like in this weird soap opera we're living through, it does feel like she's going to just become president. I don't know how. It does. Like, it just would be. It does. I know. I can, and I kept thinking like, you know, maybe Meghan Markle is like our last step in the Revolutionary War where we destroy the British crown. Oh, right. Uh, you know, many years later. But it could be the opposite. Yes. It could be that they're retaking over <laughs> if we had a prince as the first man the first dude in office right it could be that the the this could be an extension of the revolutionary that's War. that's our link coming. back to britain yeah <laughs> <laughs>
And all of a sudden, these really pro-British policies keep getting passed. I don't know. exactly what would happen. I'm watching you, Megan. I'm watching. (laughs) It's exactly what would happen. (laughs) And she'd be elected. Mm. Uh, We'll keep an eye on that. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, it's time to take a minute to think about your memories. You know, all those home movies you have from way back when that you can't watch anymore. The pictures that were taken before we entered the digital age. They're not going to last forever. Uh, And if you want to do something about that, you need Legacy Box. Uh, It is a super simple mail-in service that will digitally preserve all of those memories on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. Uh, You have a ton of that stuff around. I know I do. And Legacy Box is an affordable way to do this. They do it really well. They do it easily. You just pack up everything in a box and send it to Legacy Box. Their team digitizes everything by hand and then sends it back to you. So you have the original still, plus you have the digital copies. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. They have all the formats you can think of, uh, you know, no matter what, you know, old camcorder you have, they can get all those movies off for you. They've helped over a million families so far. It's a great service. You're going to love it. Get started by preserving your past today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Get an incredible 50% off your first order. Buy today and take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send it in when you're ready. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Save 50% while supplies last. Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear, Stephen Crowder, Dave Rubin, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code Glenn. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You can also listen to my show, uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this show live or anytime on podcast. Uh, get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's a fabulous show. Fabulous show. You're only saying that because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> also, listen for Stu's show uh, nice. pretty much anytime. You can see that live. Uh, yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, Stu Does America. You can also subscribe to that podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'd, of course, appreciate that so we can scream about cancel culture and uh, incredible nonsense even more frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arlington police, Arlington, uh, Washington police were called to a bus stop near a middle school after a report of a young black man brandishing a handgun. That man, Timon uh, Leverett, later said he was stopped and frisked by police for no reason other than being black. I hate when that happens. Uh, but... Arlington, Washington police say their investigation showed it was actually Leverett who called and reported himself to the police. (laughs) (laughs) He was apparently, he'd done this multiple times. He was trying to elicit uh, a beating at the hands of police uh, so that he could apparently record it and create a sort of uh, George Floyd situation. Is that bizarre? That is very bizarre, though it is consistent with our society as a whole where victimization is prioritized over all other things yes if you can prove that you're a victim you win the day right that's how people survive in this in this world i mean i mean look we just talked about megan markle who came out and like look i don't know what happened behind the scenes there would i be shocked if a royal family did bad things no but her life hasn't exactly been the story of oppression 
<laughs> you know, I watched no, no, her for what sevenths of the nine seasons on Suits, <laughs> where she made a lot of money on a high-profile show for USA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she was great. And then she went from that. She had to leave her high-profile TV job because she had to be named a princess. I mean, I literally. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly how those terms work, but she, you know, here she is. You know, she's the right. princess, right? Well, but she had to leave Buckingham Palace or wherever they lived in England. I don't really pay attention to, um, you know, they're I, they've got a million different places they could live there. But then they they came to the United States uh, and they had to slum it in a fourteen and a half million dollar mansion in Los Angeles. So. And they're, then these, they're only in a fourteen point five million dollar mansion right now. These and these two people who have unlimited earning capacity for the rest of their lives and are made mm-hmm. in a fourteen million dollar mansion, then got interviewed by a, a billionaire on TV to talk about how oppressed they all were. Yeah, it's like I, you know, how badly treated they were by the royal family. And as dumb as all of that is, right? What's really <laughs> I think at the center of it is the same thing that causes this guy to call the cops on himself to hope he gets beat for a viral video. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. it is, it's this idea that instead of achieving things, your best outcome in life is to be a victim that everyone agrees is a victim. So you can be praised and everyone will feel bad for you. And that's not healthy. Like you can't think of like a, a society, like that's not how America was built america was built on victimhood no yeah, it doesn't it's seem like it. opposite yeah. i mean yeah we yeah. complained about the british quite a bit mm-hmm. you know but what we did about it was create the best civilization in the history of humanity right and we constantly pushed through incredible strife to get there as a country and now it's like oh gosh like the ultimate achievement is to get like the bachelor host fired because you were somehow oppressed by a party some sorority girl went to three years ago like that is now like that you didn't even know about that you didn't know about until it was reported yeah <laughs> and that's some big cultural achievement well obviously it's it's not and i don't you know it's hard to know if whether like any of this is real like i it does feel like it's changing the fabric of our society where people are just so focused constantly on victimhood that they are unable to achieve things for themselves of any merit. We've vilified merit mm-hmm. in many ways. And uh, I'm not surprised to see people doing this. I, you know, it, we see this all the time, Pat, with people who are like, you know, I waited on a table and then I went to get the receipt and it said, I don't approve of your lifestyle. You know, like these things were like, I don't like lesbians and you appear to be a lesbian <laughs> and I'm writing it on my credit card receipt with my name on it. And you like, know what? Really? People that as a rule just don't do they that. They don't do that. And, and all of them are fake. Every case. <laughs> yeah. They're fake. They're hoaxes. Every time. Almost every time. And the media falls for it every time. And I say falls for it, but it's not true. What they do is they promote it without care of whether it's true. And they say, right. well, well, this is what she reported. We're just reporting what she said. And then when the thing falls apart a week later and they issue a correction, it gets retweeted like four times and they got all their web traffic and they got all the retweets and they got all the attention for the story. But I mean, all of those stories, mm-hmm. Pat, come back and it's just nothing. It's a giant nothing because people, even if they feel that way, don't act that way. Yes, you know, like 
Even if they really don't like gay people, they don't write it on their credit card receipt. You know, it's a it's an odd thing to do to torment people who have your credit card number. Isn't it? It's a really bad practice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. It just seems like most people are like, okay, I just want my pancakes. You know, that's how people react to the world. No one goes around writing nasty messages on receipts or like it's always the thing where they like, you know, uh, it's the receipt or it's a complaint to a manager. It's like really somebody complained to your manager because they're like, I feel that she's a lesbian and therefore <laughs> you should be aware that my appetizers did not taste as delicious as they should have. <laughs> so it ain't. I'm, I'm just I'm offended that I was served by someone who seems to me to be a member of the LGBTQIA2 plus society. And uh, I'm really upset by it. You're real. I won't uh, be coming back here again. No, I will not. And that's because I am a conservative and I will not accept different people. The other day I was I was waited on by an African-American. What is going on with our society? People don't do things like that as, no, a, as a rule. Now, of no, course, is it possible? Of course. Of course, anything is possible. But you have to... Highly like, unlikely. You have to take these things with a, a, just a grain of skepticism and say, yeah. look, this is just not how normal people act. This is why I, I, was, going, I was going off on this uh, thing that we're getting from every corner of the media and every corner of society right now. This uh, There's a, apparently had a huge push of Asian Americans being brutalized by people, violence all over the place, because Donald Trump was calling it the China virus. Yeah. And that means that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all sorts of violence in every big corporation. McDonald's just did one. Nike did one. Ben and Jerry's, you know, name the company. They have come out with HBO, Netflix, uh, Disney, Nickelodeon made a statement. They said, yeah, I just want you to guys to know we are not racist against Asian Americans. That is what, again, <laughs> sure, sure we made Mulan, uh, but <laughs> don't, don't note that one. And yes, we made it like down the street from a concentration camp, but don't notice that. We swear we're really upset about this Asian American violence. And it just, forget everything else. Just the sniff test here, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that there is a, a large amount of people who were sitting back totally fine, just like, and, and all of a sudden Donald Trump was like, you know what? It's called the, the Wuhan virus or the China virus. Something that had been repeated by every major media source for months, calling Including it the China CNN. virus. Including over CNN. Over and over and over and over again. It all did that for months. Yep. But then when Donald Trump said it, it activated this group of people across the country, these mm-hmm. white supremacists, who said, you know what? Because the Chinese communist government covered up the origins and the beginnings of, of the coronavirus... I am now going to take that information and look for a person who looks Asian, could be from another country, but looks Asian, Mm -hmm. uh, looks Chinese to me, the racist, and I'm going to go find that person and beat them up, even though there's a much better (laughs) chance the reason they're here is because they were fleeing the Chinese communist government than them actually agreeing with the Chinese communist government. 
and I'm going to go beat them for that. <laughs> the, the, the mental gymnastics necessary to make that rational thought to someone is so inexplicable. I have never in my life met a person who could have that thought process go from beginning to fruition. Like, no. oh, hey, another the virus came from another country. There may have been some issues with the government there that did that uh, that covered it up at the beginning. Therefore, I'm going to beat up an American citizen who happens to be walking down the street and looks sort of like their residents. Like it's so idiotic and ridiculous of a concept. So I looked into the details on it, and all of this information comes from this group, largely uh, all of it from Stop AAPI Hate. Uh, now, you do know, of course, what AAPI is. Well, obviously, obviously. I mean, uh, doesn't everybody? The yeah, but if you wanted to illuminate. Asian American practicing <laughs> incorporation. That's right. Asian American <laughs> Asian American Pacific Islanders. Pacific Islanders. Yes, they group. Okay. They get grouped together for some reason. They can't have their own organizations to stop their hate. They had to they join have, together they, with the Pacific Islanders? Yes, yeah, the Pacific Islanders. Were, they signed huh. an agreement. All right. Uh, well, it, was a, it was an alliance. Um, so... They are. Uh, they came up with this self-reporting website, a a, a a a San Francisco college professor started this, and it's like you can just write in, and be like, "Hi, I was walking down the street, and someone called me a racist slur because I'm Asian, and uh, I I, I no assume way. it's about you know COVID or whatever, and you report it, and then they just say Jeez. we got another report. Like that is the the essence of it. And when you look at the stats wow. nationwide. First of all, almost all these attacks are happening in big cities. You know, New York had 28 attacks against Asian Americans in 2020. This is a city that Donald Trump lost by 50 points. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Oakland is another area where there's been some attacks. Donald Trump lost 82 to 16 in Oakland. So this is not hmm. exactly the, uh, the, the MAGA hotspot you might think it would be yeah. uh, for incredible racist violence. And of course, this plays out with the data. Um, the Oakland police said none of the attacks, none of them have any evidence they had anything to do with racism. None of them. They have wow. Zero evidence of this. There was one, I think it was New York. Wow. But they're like, it's a ninefold increase in Asian American violence. All right. I mean, that's really bad, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, look, any attack on is obviously bad. But it went from three to 28 in a year. Now, 28 attacks, mm -hmm. granted 28 too many. I'm 100% on board for that. But in a were city of racist? 10 million people, I don't think Did so. we know? No, and what we're finding out is uh, uh, many times, as you might expect, the makeup of the city happens to be highly African-American. So many of these attacks happen to be African-Americans. Now, they could still be mm. racist attacks by mm -hmm. African-Americans. At least I think African-Americans can be racist. We've been told for a very long time they're not able to do such things. Right. Uh, but it could be that as well. Bottom line here, though, is that, you know, this has been... This narrative has been adopted as fact. Sure has. And when we find out from the FBI in 18 months that the actual total was up like 6% for the year or down 4% for the year, it, no one's going to notice. No one's going to talk about it. And it's going, mm -hmm. to be, it's going to be pushed back. It just doesn't make any sense that this would be happening at super high levels. Any increase is bad, right? But for the first two months of 2021, there were zero attacks zero now if this was an escalating problem why would we go two months in new york city with zero attacks it's what it, it makes no sense and nobody because everyone's terrified and they don't want to be chris harrisoned yeah to death right no one will yeah. say anything about it like if it is really happening it is a big problem 
But like, can we acknowledge that like a left wing professor's website that is self-reporting should not be driving a national movement? Yeah, because it may not be super accurate. Maybe not. Huh. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. All right, and let me tell you about LifeLock. LifeLock is, uh, I mean, look, they're the people that can keep you safe. The IRS just issued an urgent warning about a new scam to steal the electronic filing identification numbers from tax professionals over email. Once they've done that, they can use your information to file fraudulent tax returns. Now, obviously, tax professionals should be aware of this latest phishing scam, uh, but you need to be prepared as well because your person might not catch it before it's too late. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. You know, because you might think, well, tax return, I don't care. They can file their, my tax return all they want. I don't, I don't want to do it. Let them do it for me. No, because they'll get a big refund and then it'll be on you uh, to deal with the IRS to, to get the situation right. Uh, LifeLock is really important because it protects you against this stuff, helps you monitor a ton more than you can keep track of on your own. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com, use the promo code BECK and get 25% off. Uh, Stu is trying to make some connection between uh, outrageous COVID numbers in Mexico, Central, and South America, tying that into whether or not we should uh, protect our borders. <laughs> well, there's one city on Earth what a xenophobe. Uh, that has the highest number of deaths above normal mm-hmm. than any other. And that city... Uh, Los Angeles. No, well, it's not. No, uh, Austin, Texas. No, yeah. not. No, no. Any other guesses? Houston, Texas. No, not Houston, Texas. No, Dallas, Texas. No, you keep saying all these <laughs> southern cities, which would be weird considering the yeah. numbers are all better in the south than they are. Huh. And it's not even New York City, which you might think with Andrew Cuomo in charge. You might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it is uh, Mexico City. So over 6,000 deaths per million, which is way like our country is something like i think 1600 per million so we're talking four four times as many as uh, our wow our country yeah in mexico city and of course these people from the from mexico are coming across the border and and other regions that are passing through mexico mm-hmm. these are really hard hit spots that did very little to stop covid very little to test for it and now we're like ah oh, let's just let you, them in. So you have a problem with these people looking for a better life here in the United States of America? So well, you, if they're sneezing on saying? us at the time, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. uh, we all kind of should, I think, be a little leery of it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me talk about uh, Rough Greens. Rough Greens, uh, for the first time, uh, my dog, Miles, started uh, Rough Greens probably a year ago and he just gobbled it up and he's a young a young 85 years old uh that's approximately he's he's a he's a he's a senior dog a seasoned citizen and he did not he does not move around as fast as he used to but he got a little pep in a step as he's had rough greens my dog piper on the other hand who is a younger german shepherd i guess he's just like six or not german shepherd uh, a golden retriever 
uh, she comes in and she's just like, she just goes for it. She, she, I mean, she loves it. Look, if your dog maybe is a little finicky eater, uh, wants to have something healthy for them, this is great. And it, it'll help them kind of bounce back. If the chock full of vitamins and minerals and all the good things. I don't tell my dog that it's healthy for her. Really? Yeah, I just let her think it's delicious. Really? Because it is to her. I so I don't tell her, shh, it's our little secret that it's good for her too. Really? I mm-hmm. explain yeah. in depth the vitamins Do you really? and nutrients yeah, to eat the dog each that. time. Uh-huh. Well, you know, whatever your approach is on that, you can get a free bag of Rough Greens <laughs> to try out. All you got to do is pay for shipping. Just go uh, to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. It's 833-GLEN33. selection going on in the Derek Chauvin trial. He's the person being charged with uh, a murder and the George Floyd death. Also, Sarah Silverman apparently doesn't want to be a Democrat anymore. Uh, get into those things uh, in about 60 seconds here. The Glenn Beck Program. How much time do you spend grilling every week? I mean, if you're in the Northeast right now, probably zero minutes, right? You're too cold. Well, that's you don't have to worry about that anymore. How much more would you spend if you didn't have to stand there the whole time and make sure that nothing got burned? In other words, what if the grill did the work for you? Well, such things no longer belong in the halls of science fiction because with its smart grill technology, Rectech has revolutionized the way you cook. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes, and it adjusts its own temperature to make sure you're getting the perfect cook every single time. You can control it from an app on your smartphone or device, which is great for those hot days or the cold days when you just want to sit inside and uh, be comfortable. Uh, don't take my word for it. This should take time. You really honestly do need to take the time to A, B, compare it. Uh, the Rectech, uh, look at that. Look at its competitors and see what you're going to find. Uh, there isn't any competitor to Rectech. <laughs> Rectech is, it's, it's the bee's knees, as they say. Follow Rectech on all social media. Sign up for their newsletter. It's Rectech with a Q at the end. Visit RectechWithAQ.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. It's Rectech.com. Bees knees. Uh, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program throw out his back or something over the weekend so hopefully he'll be back tomorrow uh the second week of the trial of former minneapolis police officer Derek chauvin kicked off uh this morning with arguments over the stunning news friday of the 27 million dollar settlement for george george floyd's uh family over his death they're going through apparently recall seven of the jurors i guess and talk to them about uh, how they feel about that settlement because doesn't the settlement sort of admit wrongdoing on the part of the city <laughs> kind of does right I, seems like it you're paying 27 million dollars for what yeah if 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 you know chauvin is uh, turned to be you know to be innocent somehow 
what did you pay for? Right. And I think the yeah. answer, of course, is clear, which is they paid for their city not to burn down. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I mean, I think, look, by my eye, uh, not being a criminal justice expert, by my eye, what happened there was absolutely uh, not lawful. That being said, if it wouldn't like, why would you why would you settle and, and have the settlement come out publicly before, before the, trial. the trial when you're selecting jurors? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't to make me. any sense to me at all. Certainly, it's not giving you know Derek Chauvin his. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not helping him uh, maintain his constitutionally guaranteed rights of innocence until proven guilty. Right. So he's charged with second degree murder and manslaughter. Um. And the judge allowed prosecutors to reinstate <clears throat> third-degree murder charge last week. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, what is going to happen if he is found innocent? Does that enter into the <clears throat> jury's decision at all? It would seem like these are people. It would be hard not to, wouldn't it? To consider what's going to happen if you find this guy not guilty but it would just be a strange idea to pay someone 27 million dollars for nothing mm-hmm. right if you if you, if you believe there is no wrongdoing you don't pay 27 million dollars typically yeah, and typically it, yeah. and if you're going to pay 27 million dollars you don't do it while they're selecting jurors <laughs> you know like i well, i you know usually a like tough situation remember the oj uh, thing back in the day they mm-hmm. had the the trial trial you know, where he, uh, he, where, you know, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yep. And OJ gets off. And then afterward, they had the civil trial, right? Where you were going to find out how much money OJ was going to pay for this crime he'd already been acquitted of, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, it seems like the rational order of events, like to pay out a settlement before you have the verdict seems completely nuts to me. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to be able to. Uh, I mean, they're in the middle of selecting jurors. Again, I think... You can't do this without prejudicing the jury, I don't think. I don't think so either. Uh, I don't see how anyway. And I don't know, maybe maybe they're just not coordinated (laughs) at all, but you'd think that, like, this would be the type of thing that would uh, be obvious. That's not... This is not the time (laughs) to settle. Again, you could pay afterward. You might say, well, look, it was still wrongful even though he got off. Like, that. maybe that makes sense. I don't know. You know, again, Mm -hmm. he has it. He isn't going to get off. I mean, he's going to be convicted of this, I think. I mean, Minnesota is like, they're going to figure out a way here. <laughs> because if he is not convicted, now this is not, this is not constitutional. This is not the way justice works. But you're telling me there's not somebody in Minneapolis going, guys, if this dude is not convicted, mm-hmm. we are going to have a pile of rubble for a city. That is exactly what they're all thinking there they know it they believe it when it just happened before there was any trial and there was any chance to hold someone responsible the city was burned to the ground now if he if this guy just walks out of there can you imagine you will be able to it will be nighttime and you will look in the distance from Mm -hmm. hundreds of miles away and see a glow and probably a lot closer to that because probably a lot of other cities will have the same thing happen. And that's what happened last time. You know, I mean, look, it's just mm-hmm. it's just reality. And I think, you know, there's a thing that the NFL does a lot that I've noticed where there's a controversial big ticket like news item. 
And the NFL will come out with this like very long, aggressive suspension. You know, the oh, 14 games. And then they appeal it, it goes down to like four. <laughs> and I swear the NFL is just saying like, <clears throat> let's just come out. We'll act like, you know, we'll come out really tough on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Really long suspension. If it go, if it under appeal, it gets cut in half, then it gets cut in half. Fine. But if we come out with a t- too low of a penalty, we'll look like we're not controlling this issue and don't care about, you know, someone cheating or whatever. Uh, and I would say it's, you know, Patriots because, you know, it's always the Patriots. But if, uh, you know, it's usually a Patriot related issue. Mm-hmm. But then they'll just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, so now it went from 14 games to three. And what, but we tried our best. And then look, it got overturned an appeal. What are we going to do? You know, and I think there's, there's, a, there is a temptation by a lot of these municipal governments to say, look, charge him with everything. Like, who cares? Make it the hard. It's one person. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not the right instinct. It's against. Uh, everything that our country stands for. But there is an argument, I think, that these people have, and they say, look, just charge him. At least we're coming out hard. And if he gets off, he gets off. We can't control that. Mm -hmm. But go after him. Yeah, well, and they they are. Uh, Second-degree murder, manslaughter charges, so that must mean more than one. And now they've reinstalled reinstigated a uh they've reinstated a third degree murder charge right so they are they're just throwing everything at him to see what sticks and they're hoping something will stick yeah they want first degree murder it's like i don't think you can argue he like that he planned it <laughs> no he planned it probably, uh, probably not. not probably not you know who knows the, the way that a lot of these jurisdictions have different you know, quirks about how these things get applied i don't know what the right degree of murder would be but he's probably going to get convicted of one of the degrees. And look, I I, th- I don't know a single person who thought, I think the police officer acted completely properly there. I I certainly didn't think that when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like he was definitely guilty of wrongdoing. I mean, there's yeah. no reason for you to have your knee on his neck for eight minutes, right? I mean, I, I don't think any of us thought that was appropriate. But the coroner's report afterwards that said that he had a... He had a fatal dose of fentanyl in his system. And then you realize, I mean, certainly they're going to, that's going to come out in the trial. And so would he have died anyway? I don't know. I mean, we'll never know that. But uh, I, I think the jury will consider that once the evidence is presented. I think the coroner's report will probably play a big part in this. But um, I, I, don't, I don't think that you, you can exonerate Derek Chauvin of his responsibility in this. Right. It's tough to tell, right? Like, even if, and, and that does seem to be the case that there were drugs in the system and they mm-hmm. could have, you know, but that it's tough because it's like, did the interaction push this over the edge? You know, was mm-hmm. it just such a stressful event that it pushed it over the edge, even though it didn't, you know, like crushes windpipe or something, you know, um, there is a, it's going to be difficult and medical experts will go back and forth on that. I'm sure on the stands during the trial. Uh, and look, the uncomfortable truth of the wonderful system we all praise here in America. This idea of innocence until proven guilty. The uncomfortable truth of that is all of this matters. Even if you think what he did was wrong. Even if George Floyd, uh, you know, uh, you might think is a complete saint and the greatest guy of all time. I mean, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. If, if 
the medical situation comes out in a way that he might be, you know, he's still got fired, right? He's still going to have uh, repercussions. He likely will have, he will likely be convicted of murder, but it's possible that he would be convicted of a lesser charge. And if that happens, still cities will be burned to the ground over it. And, you know, people, people love this idea that, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty when it's someone they like who is benefiting from that and when it's someone who they don't like that is benefiting from it they all hate this idea and while that is squarely part of our system a person that we don't like who's innocent does not get does not get thrown in prison that's not the way it's supposed to work what is not part of our system is to sit here and glorify people who burn down cities because of the result that is the type of thing that happens all the time in the media but is is not excusable it's not excusable to, to tear down a statue because you don't like what the guy said 300 years ago it's not excusable to go burn down a city because you don't like the result of a trial it, it's not excusable to create all sorts of violence and to kill people because dozens of people died in the summer in those riots that was not just a it was not mm-hmm. just a property damage situation dozens of people died and I would also add on to it, it's also not acceptable, even if you think that you really don't like the results of an election, to go to the Capitol and overwhelm it. Not okay. But that's the only thing our media seems to understand occurred in the last year. It's not the only event. There is a lot of other things that, by the way, by scope, were much, much worse. Much, much worse. Yes, the symbolism of, of the capital thing was was incredibly notable, and there's all, all sorts of problems, and I won't defend it for a second. But <laughs> the the tearing up of many of our major cities and causing hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of damage, disrupting economies, destroying lifelong family businesses of minorities throughout these cities, it cannot be overstated how bad that is. Who was it? Was it Dick Durbin? That said something like, um, uh, you can't compare, you can't compare the summer riots to uh, the January 6th riot uh, insurrection because it was a huge disservice to the police officers who died. Uh, yeah, the, the, the ones who died over the summer and the riots, mm. those because there was several, there were several who died uh, during that time period. Whereas, uh, yes, an officer died, but it wasn't apparently at the hands of the mob on January 6th. So, I mean, they've taken this and twisted it so badly that it looks like January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened and that the summer of rioting was just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, they take every death associated. Now, I, I mean, even when you have a completely peaceful rally, many times there's people who have medical events, uh, and yes. and they die. The, every medical event associated with that, they are counting to the Capitol Hill death toll. And you're right, like some of these deaths. Look, it was violence, and it, I feel at some level it's just pointless to try to say anything here because. It's going to be taken as this uh, defense of the capital right, thing, which, which I'm not, not doing. I think no. I think it was really bad. I called it in the moment a yes. national disgrace. But like mm-hmm. 19 people at least died during the George Floyd uh, riots and those associated with. Um, that's a huge number. And we saw mm-hmm. people beat to a pulp yeah. by crowds 
on video over and over and over again in city after city. Thankfully, some mm-hmm. of them survive, so the number's not even higher. Uh, none of this is excusable on either side, but it's it's amazing to see. And you see it, too, with the, with the George Floyd thing. Now we're back to saying cops are bad again. Like when the Capitol Hill mm-hmm. thing was going on, the police were good. And we couldn't believe how the, how disrespectful those people were. They were beating right. them over the head with Blue Lives Matter flags over and over again. At the same time, we would go back and forth with the left all the time. AOC was saying like, the Capitol Hill police came to my office and I wasn't sure if they were going to hurt me or not. Right? That was the way they were talking about it until we got to the impeachment hearing. And then everyone respected the police more than anything in the world for two weeks. <laughs> and now again, they're all evil again, and they're just beating up minorities for no reason. Yeah. Can you at least pick a lane? Pick, so, not even a lane, a direction on the highway. Be nice. It would be really, it would be but nice. no, because the media allows them to have it both ways uh, every single time. 888-727-BECK. More patents due for Glenn coming up. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, if you are in your house, just minding your own business, as usual, and then you finally find out that something is off, a chill runs down your spine as you realize with sudden terror your wife is out of town and you don't know what you're going to eat. So, you grab a hold of something nearby to steady yourself. Are you going to die? Will you pass away in this situation? But then you remember, wait, no, you're fine. You got my Patriot Supply. You got My Patriot Supply. It's right there. Their food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. And you're never going to have to go hungry or stand in government food lines. My Patriot Supply is America's leader in emergency food storage. And it, you know the, the scenarios we are talking about here should play into mind when you think about this. Should you be prepared for the worst? I would be. I think it's a smart thing. Secure a four-week, three-month, or even one-year emergency food kit. Uh, all providing 2,000 calories a day. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the food storage you need before an emergency hits. Food kits ship in one to two days and arrive discreetly at your door. Don't wait. Now is the time to prepare for the future. Visit MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Looks like Sarah Sil- Silverman is uh, is done with the Democrat Party. Is that possible? Uh, she has posted an Instagram video from her podcast where she talks about how annoyed she is with her own party. As an admitted Democrat, it's surprising that Silverman <clears throat> spoke about how absoluteness, absolutistness of the party is a turnoff to her. And that she doesn't want to be affiliated with any party at this point. In speaking of the Democrat Party, she said it's so effing elitist. You know, for something called progressive, it allows for zero progress. She called it uh, righteousness porn. And said, I really, I I don't think I want to be associated with the party anymore. That's pretty interesting. Hmm. You know, she's interesting because she's not... Hmm. She's certainly not. She's not leaving the party because of conservative reasons. Like I really no. want low taxes. I mean, she's borderline, probably AOC, Democratic mm-hmm. Socialist level when it comes to policy. The one thing that separates her from the, from that crowd, though, is she's a comedian who makes her living on saying offensive things, and she doesn't like this woke cancellation stuff. You know, and that's understandable because yeah, it affects uh, it affects her livelihood. And it has affected her. She lost a job. 
because of a skit she did on the Sarah Silverman show where she wore blackface. Oh. Uh, now, the skit in its, of itself uh. is mocking people who are racists. Like, it's the point of the skit is to say that racism is wrong. Yeah, but that right? doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. if you've been in blackface, then that's, I mean, that cancels everything. Which is incredible. I mean, it's not that long ago that every edgy left-wing comedian did things like this to prove the point of how ridiculous racism was. Yeah. Like, it was a very standard thing that happened. Again, you, you might not like it, but it happened a lot. And some of them did it just for comedic purposes. Yeah. Like uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel did not uh, do it to, to disprove how bad, bad racism was. Right, he did it no. to look like Carl Malone. Yes. Because he, so he could say a, a black athlete is dumb. That's so, why by the it. way, did Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon did blackface. Uh, now his was an impersonation was of Chris different. Rock. Yes. It, wasn't, it yes. wasn't a, it wasn't necessarily a mockery of Chris Rock, but he no. did do it. But Jimmy Kimmel, like you said, was mocking Carl Malone. Yeah, he was trying to make Car- a black, he was a make white guy stupid. in blackface making a black man look stupid. That was his point. He really can't, bad. His point was, he can't talk. This black man can't talk right. This black, this black man, no talk, point. no good. Absolutely. That was really his point. There's no doubt about that it. That was it. It wasn't any larger, larger, larger point. It wasn't any big, you know, philosophical deep dive into the mind of a racist. It <laughs> no. was just him mocking a black person for not being able to talk correctly. Which you would think would be pretty bad and mm. that you would have some issues with that. But he's had none. Yeah, he, he eventually uh, none. it eventually rose to the point where the second he went on vacation, he apologized like on a tweet. And then it was it. And that was right? it. That and was totally fine. Same thing with Fallon. Yeah. And I think legitimately Fallon does not deserve uh, a the same treatment. criticism like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, he really, it, it really, it was just an ode. To, he does a really good Chris Rock impersonation. And they really does. Saturday Night Live dressed him up as Chris Rock. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know if you know this, Jimmy Fallon's white. So it's difficult for him to look <laughs> like Chris Rock uh, without makeup. Uh, so they did it, and I don't think they would do it today, but they did it. That was a, that's sort of you could argue an innocuous use. I don't think you can argue about that with Kimmel. Not at all. I mean, Kimmel was no, uh, he yeah. was just mocking him. It, that's not the same. No, it was not the same, and uh, you know, he has not had to pay a price for that. Now, look, I think you shouldn't be canceling people, especially comedians, for jokes that they make. I think it's a dumb practice. But if if standards were applied equally, yeah, we're living by their rules now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So am I the only person who's worried by the fact that the word trillion has sort of just passed into common conversation in the financial world? Like, I remember when Obama came into office, they passed the $787 billion stimulus. And one of the big goals of the program was to keep it under a trillion because there's no way something that it was a trillion dollars could pass. Now we just passed a $1.9 trillion program and no one even is noticing it. Uh, if you're getting a stimulus check, uh, it'll probably help you for, I guess, a few weeks. But about $400 billion of this uh, stimulus package went to direct checks. The rest of it, well, the government was just turning it into dust. Who knows what they're doing with it? Very little went to actual COVID. The U.S. dollar is in serious trouble long term. It's time to plan for your future. Think about your retirement. It's, it's about to, you know, you really need to start planning about now. Uh, <laughs> right away. The best day is today. Goldline is offering a 6% free metals with a qualifying self-directed IRA acquisition. Old 401k, IRA, retirement plans all qualify for the special incentive. Don't wait. Call now. They're standing by to take your call right now. 866-GOLDLINE. It's 866-GOLDLINE. Or go to goldline.com. It's goldline.com. Don't forget, 
Don't forget to use the promo code GLEN to get $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, looks like the Marines are launching an amphibious attack on Tucker Carlson. Uh, and a land a land attack as well. Uh, Tucker Carlson actually commented on the fact that they're doing maternity wear for Air Force pilots, I guess. Like, are they going to fight uh when they're pregnant and do they need maternity wear? I don't know. He was just kind of commenting on what the focus is for the U.S. military and sort of compared that to um, to China and what their military is doing. He said, "What while China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military, as Joe Biden says, needs to become more feminine. Whatever feminine means anymore since men and women no longer exist the bottom line is it's out of control and the pentagon is going along with it again this is a mockery of the u.s military and its core mission which is winning wars so apparently the second marine expeditionary force information group took some offense to that and they publicly blasted carlson uh, they wrote what it looks like in today's armed forces, Tucker Carlson. Uh, and then they posted a picture of a female Marine carrying another Marine. And then they posted, get right before you get left, boomer. Is Tucker Carlson a uh, baby boomer? <laughs> I don't Is think he so. even? I don't think he's even a baby boomer from that generation. I think he's it's just shorthand for old person. I think uh, yeah. with outdated views now. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I guess. But, so. but I don't know why the U.S. military is engaging in that nonsense. Uh, they shouldn't be. Leave it to bloggers. You shouldn't be. You know. Uh, and actually, um, Ted Cruz is taking on the challenge. Uh, he. He said, under Biden, the military is launching political attacks to intimidate Tucker Carlson and other civilians who criticize their policy decisions. Officials in uniform are being used for the campaign. I've demanded a meeting with the commandant of the USMC, the United States Marine Corps, to put a stop to it. Be nice if he can do that. Uh, because, yeah, the U.S. military should not be attacking private citizens. And they have come out now after the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> letter and or apologizing and saying basically we shouldn't be doing this stuff on social media which is appropriate oh, of course of course you know obviously yeah. they said uh we are human and that tweet was intended to support our female war fighters we can do better we will collectively take a knee review our uh procedures and get back in the fight our focus is to train fight and win which of course you know again should be again i don't know why these accounts even exist why would you have anybody, mm. certainly with this mm -hmm. snark, tweeting from the U.S. military in any capacity? Why would you know? Shouldn't you want to announce a recruiting drive on your social media accounts? Fine, you know you want to mm -hmm. you you, <laughs> you want to you want to have a a place where you can tweet each public statement made with a link. Fine, 
why you think you need to hire wise asses to fire back at cable news hosts as as the military. No, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, like everyone seems to be, there's like a few brands that have done this pretty well, like Steakum has done this pretty well where they'll like kind of just be wise asses to everybody or Wendy's I think is another one. Yeah. That kind of, they'll get in the middle of these things and tweet funny things and everyone's like, oh gosh, this is what you should do with social media. And then the next 500 companies do it horribly and you, you at some point hey tell me when you got a new value meal price mm-hmm. you could tell me when mm-hmm. you, when you got a free you know you want to tell me you got spicy nuggets or back on the menu for a week mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. me about it you know taco bell's got some new way of wrapping a tortilla and cheese around meat beef or, oh and, i always want to know about that i want to know about it mm-hmm. but i don't really need you to be the snarky entertainment source on twitter Though I can at least understand it from a brand perspective. I don't understand it from the U.S. military. We do not need no, it from the U.S. Bizarre. military. We do not want it from the U.S. military. I think it's a really bad sign that the U.S. military is announcing it essentially has ideological enemies in the country. Yeah. That's really not a good thing. Yeah. Not supposed to be the way it works. No, and I'm glad to see that uh, Ted Cruz stepped up and apparently before he even gets a meeting with the commandant, they've already apologized for it. So... That must have had some sort of effect on him. It's nice. <laughs> you know, senators have a way of uh-huh. doing that. Yeah, there is do. a there's a bit of a power, especially if you know you've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have a way of of, of sussing that out. Uh, uh, also, Dictionary.com tweeted out, uh, "We've added 600 new words to Dictionary.com." Oh, good. 600, just the 600. Yeah. Now, didn't it used to be like we've added three new words? <laughs> yes. Uh, now it's 600. So just anything that shows up, I guess, in our vernacular, they just add and make a word out of it. Yeah, now. it's no longer a big announcement. It's just like if someone said it three or four times on Twitter. <laughs> it's just an actual word yeah. now. Do you have some examples of it? I do. Okay. Uh, BIPOC. You know what a BIPOC is? Yes, BIPOC. Yes. Uh, uh, something p- person of color, biracial. Black, Bi- indigenous. Okay. And people of color. And people of color. So black, black and indigenous, indigenous, they get their own letters. They get their own. But and all then the other people of color. Are just people of color. Are combined into that. <laughs> so That's like stop AAPI hate. Why do Asian no, Americans right. and Pacific Islanders have to share an organization <laughs> instead of... <laughs> I don't know. It's wrong. It's For my money, it's wrong. Yeah. You should all... Every organization should be together and apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but so that, you should not be jamming together BIPOCs. That doesn't, I mean, there's already black organizations, Mm -hmm. right? The NAACP. (laughs) Right. There's already indigenous uh, organizations. Yeah. And then let's specify the people of color because there's also organizations for Hispanics and who's left. The Asians uh, are left and they have their own group. You have to wonder why, like, they didn't get, like, transgendered people and, like, Unitarians. And, and then you could name it Tupac. <laughs> that would have been much better than That BIPOC. would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. Just an idea. And then people would think Tupac would be, is alive I still. Let's say which, it's a, it would be a strange organization. It would. Transgendered people, <laughs> Unitarians, and people of color all coming together. <laughs> it would be odd. It would. But, uh, but worth it. It's worth it, I think. But so. worth it. Uh, do you know what a spawn con is? A spawn con? Spawn con. No. Sponsored content. It's a new word. Ah, like a, a new advertisement, basically. Yes. These are just shortening other words. These are not uh, new of, words. Yeah. Deep fake. Okay, yeah, sure. 
a fake digitally manipulated video or audio file, typically featuring a person's likeness uh, and or voice in a situation that did not actually occur. So deep fake makes sense to me. I, th- I think that's it's a good one. To it's add. a good one. To add. Mm-hmm. Finna. You know what Finna is, right? <laughs> I am not going to try to explain Finna. It's a phonetic spelling representing the African-American vernacular English variant of fixing to. So See fixing to, I'm Finna do that. I'm, I'm Finna finish up the show. So they're now just putting like mispronunciations in the dictionary? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you're going to put Finna in there, I think you have to have Trina. You got to put Trina. Trina is used all the time. I've never, I don't know if I've seen Finna nearly as much as I've seen Trina. Trina. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. You're like, and it's what, like, that's, you're saying I'm not trying to, to do, do that. that. Yes, right. And because people misspell it intentionally uh-huh. online, that becomes it's oh, a new thi- word. It's a word now. That's bad. It's one thing to, cause, and I think a lot of this is a little bit of our, um, our accepting of all cultures thing where like if mm-hmm. some, if some group says, a word in an incorrect way intentionally we just assume that now it should be a word yeah like you know like if let's yeah, say rachel dolezal says she's black and she's actually white sean king says he's black and actually white. we're supposed to just respect that and just say okay yes he's black even though he's not black mm-hmm. same thing here like mm-hmm. you know if, if a group decides to, to pronounce a word in a way that it is not it's not accurate we just say okay well that's okay they're that's their culture, and therefore we should change the English language to form to it. And it gets even worse. Strange. It gets even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- because this is just a mispronunciation of a word that has now become a word unto itself. Supposedly. I mean, come on. Are you kidding a, me? Uh, that is not a... It's an adverb meaning... As may be assumed, imagined, or supposed. Why no, would... it isn't. No, supposedly is, but supposedly is just. Oh my god, that's terrible. A, a six-year-old saying supposedly right. wrong. Yes, that's what it is. And a bunch of people not realizing they had it wrong their whole lives. Right. So because I mean, why wouldn't you define if it's a really a different word? Why wouldn't you define supposedly as just supposedly? <laughs> the only word you right. need to explain it is the word they're trying to say. Exactly. Exactly. Is that is asinine? That's asinine. Yeah, that's just that's. Then there's embiggen, embiggen, e m b i g g e n, embiggen. Is that from a show? Like, wasn't there I, was it a Simpsons episode or something? I don't know. It's to uh, make or become bigger. <laughs> you embiggen something. They don't have a a. a <laughs> An origin of embiggen? They don't have... Well, let's see. Definition. Embiggen. No, I don't see a definition or an origin. No, I don't see ah, it. It was. It first heard... A word first heard on The Simpsons in 1996. Embiggen? Yes. Uh, in 1996? Yes. It is the motto of the Simpsons fictional wow. town of Springfield, and which reads, A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> They're trying to say... That is now a, a word. word. In the English language. So, we, we deserve stupid. to collapse. I mean, yes. I keep arguing for the yes. country. We really should I just know. give up. <laughs> we really should just give up and just admit we had, yeah. it was called the American experiment. Right. Some experiments fail. And this one did. Yeah, sorry. Yes. 200 and. Good run. 45 good years into run. it. Uh, we had a good, we had a good run. Yeah. But I mean, it's over now. It just, we just got to call over. it a day. You know, it's just not working anymore. <laughs> 
Let's shut the thing off and see what else pops up. Sometimes you just feel that way, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Uh, Relief Factory. I need Relief Factor right now because I can't deal with the nonsense that is going on in our country. Paul lives in Minnesota. He used to like uh, play a softball league. Um, and he was, you know, it was younger before he got into his sixties. Uh, now it's becoming to hurt his knees every single time. His knee problems are in bigoting all over the place, Pat. Eventually, not good. No, you don't want that it's to happen. Good. Eventually he got to the point where it wasn't even fun to play anymore because he could barely run the bases, tried a few things, but nothing really worked for him or worked for very long. So he, uh, I don't know. He kind of thought it was the aging process decided he'd probably just retire and uh, not not play anymore and that sucks that's a a crappy moment for a guy however uh, right around the corner was the time he heard glenn talking about relief factor decided to give it a try it you know put him out 20 bucks but uh, might as well give it a shot to try to fix something like this well guess who's playing softball again paul is relief factor isn't a drug but it was developed by doctors 70 percent of the people who try relief factor go on to buy more because it works for them is it gonna work for you we'll get you back on the field Try the three-week quick start now. Uh, the trial pack is only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com or 800-500-8384. It's Pat Stu for Glenn. Uh, he's got a back situation today. Hopefully, he'll be back uh, tomorrow. Triple eight. 727-B-E-C-K. Uh, Disney Plus believes they will, they will overtake Netflix in subscribers hmm. by 2024. That's only three years from now. Hmm. And they had quite a head start. Uh, Netflix has, I think it's 203 million right now. 203 million subscribers worldwide. Disney has, they just passed the 100 million mark. And to me... I I'm not that in love with Disney Plus. <laughs> There's not it doesn't seem to be There's, a lot on it. There's not a lot of content except uh, if you have kids and they like the you know the old movies. Yeah, the I classic mean, movies. There's plenty of that, but I'm saying as far as new <clears throat> content to make new content. You, yeah, there's two things, right? There's Mandalorian. And one division, and for you, there's only one thing because you don't like one division. I don't care. About you don't any care of that about stuff. Marvel. I don't stuff. care about that. So, yeah, and I, you know, and I love Star Wars, and I'll watch pretty much anything uh, related to it. But I, you know, Mandalorian, it was okay. I didn't think it was like unbelievable, but I, I got into it sort of the end of season one. I'm, that's all I've yeah, watched the, so far. It picks up at the end of season one, and I think it's much better in season two. Okay, so, so I mean, the problem with Mandalorian was they were like, you know, there's this big reveal. Except I had seen Baby Yoda on like 47 million pages on the internet already. So like right. it was not a big reveal to me. Do you know about the big reveal in the second season? No, I don't want to know anything Oh, you don't? No. Okay. No, I don't want to know anything about it. But I, I, I don't... I also think it's a little bit of a scam, right? Because I happen to be a Disney Plus uh, subscriber, which mm-hmm. I, I signed up and paid for. And then like... Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Some company I do business with gave me like a 10-year extension to I don't know. Really? Yeah, like I got like all these free months and years to it. So now I'm like I'm in 2029. I'll still be a subscriber, but I haven't. I wouldn't have paid for a very long time. It seems like <laughs> I don't know. It seems That's like they nice. gave gave away a lot of subscriptions to that to get it started. Where Netflix, I, you know, they're giving you the trial, but everyone's signing up 
from the beginning. You know, HBO Max is the same way. I'm an HBO subscriber on my cable system. And so I get HBO Max, and I'm sure I count as one of their subscribers, but it's not like I went out and like I was like, oh, i got to have HBO Max. It just kind of... If you have HBO, you get HBO Max? I got automatically? it. Automatically? I don't know. I have it. And you didn't pay for it? You didn't pay extra for it? No. I was just... I mean, I was already an HBO subscriber paying for HBO, so it was I was loop, you know lumped in, which I've seen a lot of good things huh. on HBO Max. Like, way more content that I've liked on HBO Max than disney plus oh for sure it doesn't seem like disney plus and, does much of anything <laughs> they say, right they've got a lot of old it's shows true. but i <laughs> it's true yes it's true now they're supposedly going to pump 15 billion into their content <laughs> that'll change things that'll change it <laughs> they should be able to yeah. come out with a couple of good shows they should be able to we'll see if they are uh but yeah they that should change things now hbo max is getting all these first run movies now that they they debut in the theater and on HBO Max at the same time. That's a big one. So that's huge. Yeah, so HBO oh. Max might be worth a little something. It seems like uh, everyone's just complaining about the movies that they've released that aren't that good. Like, you know, the one, the Wonder Woman thing. Oh, People. man, that was bad. <laughs> oh. This is the Glenn Beck Program.